What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the DJ Life Podcast. It, I don't know how many shows, and Eric, Eric's finally on cue. He is. The guy with the glasses is on it. Let's yes, get it. There it is. The guy with the glasses is here. I figured I would kick it off on the right foot. You yeah. know what I mean? If yep. everybody calls you that, then, you know, whatever. I am call you that. the guy It's with normally the, the inside joke, but you already know the joke, so it's all good. <laughs> it's fucked up, too, because I only started wearing glasses maybe like four years years ago i and yeah. i'm 32 so like, yeah I, re- I mean i remember like meeting remember you in charlotte wearing... back in the day i don't i don't remember you with glasses yeah i didn't wear glasses but now, until about a year after you glasses. moved to north carolina you should change all your social shit to just dude with dude, glasses dude with glasses That's just it. do it for make day. some Somewhere make some there. logo with that my uh my instagram bio is just janitor <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it when people are like CEO of and it's just and it's just me, just me operating out of my house, CEO and not that there's anything wrong with being a janitor. By the way, that's fine. To kick things off, we we are joined by Charles, a or aka Icon, aka Icon Entertainment, aka I don't know what else. DJ Icon. DJ yeah. Icon. That's, that's Eric, cue the air horn, baby. And bow, 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 bow. When the, when this show gets more money, we'll get like we'll get you a soundboard, and then you can just sit there and fucking hit random soundboard. I got him. I got him on deck. I got the bird man. <laughs> You're actually incredibly good at that. <laughs> Scary good I at do it. it. No shot. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, so we're joined practically by a local of our area again. Yeah, um, Charles just down in the Myrtle Beach area. Is that where your home, the hometown's actually like you live in Myrtle Beach? Specifically, uh, man, I'm close enough. I, I'm yeah, I, I live in Myrtle. I'm technically from Wilmington, so I didn't even like move really that far away. Yeah. Uh, it, way way back in the day, Myrtle Beach was kind of the next step of like in like in Wilmington. The club scene was cool, but it was like super super small. It's not like a you know, big city whatsoever. It's dope to live there, but if you're trying to be like the traveling, you know, DJ dude or whatever, that ain't it, man. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I, I moved away in like 2012 and moved here. Um, it's still here, you know, career change, just whoop, yeah. left turn. So here we are. Yeah. So you recently, well, was, was it like around COVID time that that all changed where you, when did when did you start Icon Entertainment separate from like your DJ Icon brand? Sure. So man, I I think um to really kind of like wrap I guess your head around kind of where this whole thing started for me was I've I've always done, you know, private events or you know, it's kind of like the higher gun type thing in forever. How about even rewind um, a little more and tell us literally your entire DJ career? Do you don't have to sure. be like for an hour, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. Hear yeah the give everyone the let's background. Let's hear the progression. Here, yeah. So I, I I was born on a dark Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> All right, fast forward just a smidge. <laughs> just a just a touch. Uh so um I man, I I grew up like I said in Wilmington uh, at a skating rink uh, from the age of like I mean literally five years old. It was just what I did. Um, I've never been like the party dude, you know. I was I was never uh, like the super cool kid in school. I was that dude that was like cool with everybody because I hated how like the cool kids made fun of like the uncool kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of that normal dude. I never did the uh, like kind of school party thing or whatever. I just ended up at the skating rink. I was just kind of my vibe. It was just where I was at. Um, I enjoyed skating back in the day and enjoyed music. And the dude that, um, the dude that, that ran that place, he still actually owns it this day. His name's Scott or DJ scooter fresh is his name. It's kind of, his name's kind of a joke, but, yep. um, 
intentionally a joke. Uh, and he was a, um, a mobile DJ and club DJ. As far as club DJ goes, he was kind of the dude in Wilmington. Um, I mean, he's just the epitome of like just the strangest looking white boy you've ever seen in your life. But he is solid. Like he DJed at my wedding and just shut the place down. He's mm -hmm. so good, but just doesn't look like it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, around like 12 years old was, I guess, whenever I started learning, I started working at the skating rink. Um, you know, and this was back around the time of like, uh, it, you know, the skating rink, like freestyle music was really, really big. So like Planet Rock, Don't Stop the Rock, Debbie Deb, When I Hear Music, that type stuff. I used to skate to that, really enjoyed that music too. And he had like two 1200s. And like an old ass, like, you know, just standard techniques mixer, like a best sax mixer, I think it was what it was. The classic. And I went, I went, yeah, just super old school. And I, I went up to him one day and asked him if he would show me how to DJ. And uh, he basically told me to kick rocks. <laughs> he <laughs> said, uh, he was like, nah, man, I can't teach you how to do this. Like the equipment's there. If you want to use it, then, you know, you more, you're more than welcome to use it. But if I, I'm not, I can't show you how to do this. You can do it or you can't. And I just kind of started there uh and just like i would like floor guard basically and then yo my pizza's here hmm. go get it hold on go all get right. it we'll, uh, okay we'll all a, right pause we'll take Susan. a brief we'll take a brief, brief break brief intermission so eric how's your david man my throat is fucking killing me like i said Were i went screaming to a, at the at the concert? no no it's just a lot of cigarettes and i'm weak and i'm frail um <laughs> i have grown into a frail little boy uh I haven't been to a show since the kid was born, of course, and like maybe a year before that, and it was like a straight up death metal show. So it was like, <laughs> you know, my shit is fucked up. Did you get a pizza that quick? I did. I, I mean, the door is like right there. I was about to say, your front door has to be like right outside there. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're playing guard at skating rink. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then we would, um, like, I, I, I would do that, you know, work the session. And then I would clean the bathrooms because that's what Scott made me do. He was he was kind of a dick. Um, I'm, I'm joking. He wasn't. And yeah. um, then I I would literally just mess with either like records or see or like whatever was set up at the time. I would just mess with that until he would basically kick me out. Um, and then my dad would come scoop me, and then it was just this repeat process all over and over and over. And then the the mobile company that he worked with was called Sundance Sound. The guy that owned that his name is Bob McKenzie. Uh, still a good friend of mine to this day, uh, very scaled back type, uh, you know, DJ, like kind of two speakers, maybe like a star ball or something at the time, you know, every year they would do like a kind of a big prom for like New Hanover high school or something. And they would always have me as kind of like the higher gun DJ type thing. I think I did my first wedding, like emceed kind of my first wedding when I was around like 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just kind of developed into being the club DJ thing. And like my goal for the longest time was to be the like traveling around the world, traveling around the nation club DJ. Yeah. Um, that's where the kind of reached. Is. is that? Yeah. Yeah. Kinda yeah. Kind of yeah, reached like the peak of that in Wilmington around like 2000. I'm going to say 2010 ish, 2011, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like working at the spot in Wilmington and it's just like, that was it, dude. You know, like that's just where you were. And then you have that, that conversation of like, if I'm going to keep doing this, you have to move away from home or it's just never going to happen. And so, um, I moved to Myrtle beach, just far enough away, uh, decent flights and stuff out of here. 
uh, was working at a really, really big club at the time. I think the cap there was like six, 700 or something. It was called rodeo and they would just the big ass stage up front uh-huh. and they would just let me do whatever the hell I wanted to do. It didn't matter. Like I could just go in and just play whatever. They never said anything to me. It was, it was, it was amazing. Uh-huh. And that, that, that place kind of gave me the platform to get into like the photo game, to get into the video game. And I just started sending stuff out to anybody you can think of, to, to rain, to crane hardware, to jetpack, to everything. And I was just beating these people up with content of like, if you don't know who I am, you're going to know who, like, I'm going to send you this stuff. It was like you with your leads. I'm sure, you know, it's like, I'm going to send you this stuff until you tell me to kick rocks. Uh And that's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and kind of this, so this is like 2013 at this point. And the way that kind of worked out was it was a situation of, I was sending them content that no other DJ was sending them their words, not me. And right. so they could take that stuff and post it out, you know, or whatever. And that's how I kind of got on with a lot of those companies, uh, mainly rain. And like, once I landed rain and this is like, you know, old school Seattle rain or whatever, once I landed them as like a sponsor guy, kind of the floodgates kind of open with that, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. Um, and it gave me just like this big, I guess like bargaining chip almost to go to these other companies and just say like, you know, let's work and make some, make some cool stuff together um started traveling around the country all over the place did like the east coast thing west coast thing midwest all over the place mm-hmm. uh in 2018 i went to india and dj'd and i hated it um i just hated it just i love i love right? the sh- uh. i love the shows the food was no i'm not a curry dude man i'm so stoked i'm with yeah, you i'm with you i hate i fucking hate your like i can't stand I can't it and dude and listen man like the people over there they're the nicest people on the planet like they wouldn't let me carry shit they wouldn't let me you know i couldn't carry my own bag i couldn't tip these people couldn't do anything they're the nicest people on the planet I did have a good time as a DJ over there, but like Charles, like the person, Mm -hmm. I didn't enjoy it because I was so far away from home. Uh, I was away from my fiance, like, you know, it was 28 hours to get there just on the other side of the country. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be, you know? And so right around that time was where kind of the writing on the, was on the wall for me of like, okay, what's going to be next? You know, like you're not 24, 25 years old anymore. How long are you going to be DJing in the club? There's something that you have to do to get out of this. Uh, getting back to the mobile side where I told you I'd, I'd always kind of been a, a hired gun for like either weddings or mainly kind of like corporate stuff. Um, there was a company based out of Raleigh called Spin, uh, Ryan. And um, at the time, this other guy named uh, Alan uh, owned that. And they used to bring me up there to um, Joshua Carl and I would actually do it. They had this concept that was called dual and we would create like super cut. I mean, like super custom like video sets and we would show up and like kind of do a mock-up battle with each other with custom content that we made for these people. Uh Um, you know, I did that for, for a lot of years with them. And then around 2018 was whenever I started this, um, you know, and it just kind of slowly kind of morphed myself, like getting out of the club more into the private space and then when the COVID thing happened, um, the, the two huge clubs I was working at here, uh, they just shut down like out of nowhere. They just shut down. It was like, yeah, we're totally coming back. No big deal. The boys and I are like, dope, you know, call of duty seven days a week. Like we're just going to sit around and play Xbox forever because they'll be back. No big deal. And then uh, it eventually, you know, maybe six yeah, or seven six months later, months we learned they by. were never going to be here, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? Right. And so it's like, I, I didn't get to choose when I wanted to leave 
those places and that that was super unfortunate but outside of that it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me um you know rick i'm sure you'll if you're not already thinking it about like i know you recently went full-time if you're not already thinking it having something like that that takes up so much of your time and just throwing it away and being able to solely focus on really what you want to do just frees up so many opportunities and the business would never be you know where even where it is now if i would have still been going to that place five days a week djing six hours a night taking up that much of my life it just would have never happened Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think that's kind of the nutshell i guess pretty quick i guess that was good that was that was thorough it was quick so 2018 is when you started the icon entertainment brand yeah basically and and i think it's 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 a little weird starting right because whenever you're actually getting into it it's like you're booking these weddings that are you know i don't know eight 12 to 18 months in advance or something so it's like stuff's happening and stuff's going but it doesn't look like anything's happening it doesn't look like anything's going 2018 was the first year for all three of our companies no shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fusion was 2018. Yeah. I was a solo. That's funny. I DJed my first That's wedding funny. in 2017. Well, well, mine was like right. a half year. Like 2018 is when I, like, the company was legal and everything, but I didn't move down here until May. Oh, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I mean, we, and I did we like a few, I did like there. a, I did like a few weddings in October, you know, because there was a million people looking for a damn October, November date. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Did those few ones and then twenty eighteen was like the first like full My thing with full the clubs. Go. My thing with the clubs, and I didn't make it nearly as far as you did. Um I not I not even a fiftieth, I feel like. You know. <laughs> um but I realized uh and I'll say it's it's who you know, but it's more it's more like I just couldn't figure it out, so it was all who I knew. You know. It's um, it's one million pr- dude, I'm here to tell you right now. And uh don't nobody give a shit how good you are. It's who doesn't it's who matter. You know, but you, like you said, you just pushed these companies and pushed them and pushed them and pushed them. I never did That's that. True. You know what I mean? I didn't That's think true. of that. I didn't do that. Um, so, and you, uh, so, you know, uh, boss Austin, Brian Austin. Um, yep. Yep. so yep. I, I lucked out. And when I, uh, Basically, when I got sober, um, me and him were kind of doing similar shit, and uh, we just became like super close friends out of nowhere. Basically, um, it's easy to do with it. He's a solid dude. Oh, man. really? Good DJ he, to too. this day, he's my best friend, straight up. Yep. Um, he's a great guy. Funny and, as hell too. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I met him, and I had been doing the club thing for however long and I had, you know, I was not making shit. I mean, I was yep. making enough to scrape by and live the call of duty life, but, um, and hey man, it's a nice life while it lasts. Right. You know? And Brian basically <laughs> handed me every gig that I had. It was every gig he handed me was the highest paying. It was the steadiest. Yep. It was the, it was the best thing I had. And, even though I am obviously very grateful for that, it clicked in my head that I was not in control of my own career. Um, Facts. And I did not like that. Of course. Yep. You know what I mean? Sure. And then uh, I met this dude, Matt Butterworth. Uh, he was a strip club DJ. He got me a job at a strip club, actually. Yep. And I know of him. We've never met. But yeah. No, I know you're talking he's about. He's an idiot. He's my buddy, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> WrestleMania. But yeah, he basically, you know, he told me, yeah, yeah, he's a wrestler, dude. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna make 800 bucks DJing this wedding this weekend, and I was like, what? You know, I was you, like, you're gonna do what now? I know. I was I'm like, sorry. fuck was you. I'm gonna do that shit. You know, and.
And Someone clip uh, that. That was literally like uh, just balls to the wall, twenty four seven. Macho Man ever Randy since Savage out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I didn't like not being in control. Um, so I went with the wedding thing, even though at the time I was like, oh, wedding DJ is lame. I'd always, I'd make yeah. those flyers with my month schedule just to look busy. And anytime yeah. it was a wedding, I would write private event. You know, I didn't <laughs> yeah, want right. to, I didn't yeah. want to, uh, yeah. like mix the two in case it wasn't successful. I could fall back. Yeah. Right. You know? Dude, I, I think that, that is the, the biggest, uh, like block or hurdle. You will if if you find some dude. Okay, here's an example. Uh, I saw a clip that Nick posted where he was on like road pot Spinelli, where he yeah. was on the road podcast lately, and the question was like, "What's harder to DJ, the nightclub or a wedding?" And the people that were the hot, like literally all of them, or club DJs were like, "Nah, hell with that. I'm not DJing a wedding. It's not happening." And like, I don't know what y'all. I think weddings are layups, man. At least Dude, for, I think the way it's so a script. You fill the script. The, you fill the shoes. The way and it's that done. we yeah, have yeah. been able to market ourselves, uh, we are. I would say ninety-five. It's very fair to say ninety-five percent of our clients are all what I call like ex-club people. So they're all around our age. They know what a DJ is supposed to sound like. Maybe they were like a music festival person at, at some point, or at least dabbled or had interest or something. Um, we're we're just not getting the people that are just ticking the box of like okay we just want a dj to show up and you know do whatever the hell they do i don't know what they do we're getting people that actually care about their entertainment they care about lighting they care about having a dj that knows what the hell he's doing um and i i think that's just kind of a grind of just pushing out that content to be as good as what it can possibly be yeah you know our clients um, are definitely that, not that. That's it's yeah right. It's cool. Which how you dude, lean I, I think that, that's mine. Oh, it's cool it's, how it's, you find your client base, and then yep. because of what you do, it enhances your client base, and it spreads yep. from your Within. your ideal client. Like me, true. Uh, it's just people that want a safe bet. That, that's really the sure. extent of it. You know. Yep. Um. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, no, you're you're good. I, I was I was going to touch on just a little bit. Like it's it's very interesting how the the I guess the transformation happened for me. It was like in 2018 was when I realized I kind of wanted to start moving in this direction. Uh, and then we brought a, a, a dude. Like I went to go talk to the GM, and the GM at the time, uh, man, he was such a pain in the ass. Uh, Joey, like if you ever see this, I want you to know I wholeheartedly, you're my dog. But <laughs> you are such a pain in the ass to work for. Outside of the club, I love that dude, but he like um. He DJed in that in that building for that company for 15 years. Like he was the DJ. He was the guy. And then he got promoted to being uh, like up to the GM position. And I was his first hire as the GM. And so he always put this like pressure, not even inadvertent, like direct pressure of like, hey, man, you can't screw this up. <laughs> so, and but like working for him was difficult because he. Uh, he strived for this like level of excellence that should just not exist in a nightclub. Like the DJing there outside looking in was the dopest place to work always because of the content we were able to create with the place. But on the inside, it was tough because, um, you know, uh, uh, imagine here's a quick example. Uh, there were two places that were back to back. One place was Malibu's one place was called Oz mm -hmm. and Malibu's was literally just this shithole bar uh, by design, 
you know, like it, it just was. And it was like the party bar was what they branded. Yeah, it was yeah. like you come, you know, it's a place it's where like anything can happen. Yeah. yeah, but it's that it was 100 percent the Myrtle Beach Bar Charlotte, yeah. but more Myrtle Beach, if, yeah. if you're following what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it was at Broadway at the beach. It was, you know, the tourist trap. I've been there. You know, so I know it, both the they, spots, yeah. Yep, so they never had to work for people to come in there. When season was going on, season was on, and they were putting five to 1,000 people, 500 to 1,000 people in that room nightly. Um, what made it so difficult, so that was like – open format is what you could possibly want to be you're you're playing girls just want to have fun you're playing backstreet boys all that fun sing-along stuff you're playing all of that and then oz opened and that was a concept that i had kind of like a a, a heavy part in in developing like from the ground up um we wanted to do this you know like massive video wall they didn't have uh -huh. funding for that so we ended up stuffing it was like 28 projectors in this room i projected map or projection map the entire club like the whole thing the dj booth the back wall all of that it was this massive project um wait that wasn't was very, video, that wasn't video walls no it was all projectors bro Damn, all of it. it looked like video walls in the content I know it was all cool. it was all projectors and dude even like the 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 bar tops were projection mapped um in that place it was really really cool and it was oh. this whole like uh like theme night type thing the toughest part as a DJ uh about working there was number one Malibu's and Oz literally shared a door like basically imagine a, a wall and then just cutting a big ass hole in the wall yep and you could walk between so like my biggest competition was Malibu's. Or if I was working in Malibu's, my biggest competition was in Oz. Um, a lot of DJs don't know how to DJ like that. They just don't. And that is one of the best things about that place being so hard to play um, was just the fact that I we were always having to watch every single song. Everything had to be perfect all the time because at any point, these 400 people I have right now could walk next door and then we never have them again. And then all the bartenders over here hate my guts because the DJ's ass and he lost, you know, all these people and they're not making money. There was a very big like song and dance that kind of went on there. But with Oz for, you know, Myrtle Beach to be kind of, you know, I guess the nickname is like the Redneck Riviera. You play sing along stuff here. That's what you do. That's that's the way it is. Yeah. Oz was all high energy. It was all big room 128. It was all trap flip stuff. It was all like when twerk was so big and like 2018, 19, something like that. Yeah. You couldn't play any new hip hop in that room. So imagine that you're working at this place five days a week and you go in there. You can't play any hip hop whatsoever. None for six hours, nine o'clock, 3 a.m. What do you play? <laughs> What do you do? So that's yeah. <laughs> it's a very difficult question, especially when Malibu's is next door and they're all Montel Jordan. It takes two, you know, like you, yeah, they could play the anything script. they wanted. So right. it was um, like, I guess getting back on topic 2018, I knew I kind of wanted to start making my exit. We brought another dude on named Mike DJ comics is his name. Um, and he's kind of like my right hand dude now. So, I, you know, I kind of like trained him up to be like my little mini me, I guess he already came in with a very, very good skill set from Staten Island did the whole like uh, scratch Academy thing in New York. So he already had like a very good basis kind of where he wanted to be. Um, he was uh, like a Red Bull three style fan mm -hmm. and he was already living in Myrtle. He was like looking up three style sets on YouTube, came across my set, watched my whole set, really enjoyed it, realized I lived in the same city as him. And then he came out to the club and introduced himself 
Um, and it was just kind of one of those things where the stars aligned. Like we just happened to be looking for some dude um, and we brought him on. And then, you know, I, like I said, I kind of trained him, you know, to be my little mini me. And then when the club shut down, it was immediately like, yo, I've got work for you, bro. Like yeah. you come right on over here and we'll just kind of fall in line. So it was interesting how that whole thing worked out, I guess. Mm -hmm. So uh, <clears throat> in your, in Myrtle beach, what's your like tourist wedding to local wedding ratio? I feel like you do a lot of tourist weddings. Yeah, we do. I, I would say, um, <clears throat> I would say with it when we first started, so say, 2019 2020 i'd say maybe 75 even 80 percent of our clients were all destination people yeah. that's all the word I, that's the word i was looking for destination yeah so you know when you when you talk about doing destination weddings it's not very expensive comparatively to do it you know in myrtle beach compared to some other places you could go to like jersey um, or new york city right yeah, yeah. there's and, a bunch and, of places and all Asheville of those is a big destination wedding right. place really? yeah because it's the halfway point between new york and florida um and for whatever reason people the family like the one That's i went weird. to with you the one i yeah. went to in yeah yeah they were florida roadie, they were florida half were new york yeah half were new york and half were florida i don't know it's yeah, a destination true. place all right yep anyways <laughs> side story <laughs> it's a sidebar um but i you know i think as we've kind of grown in the and all those clients were coming directly from referrals from venues all of them. I mean, uh -huh. I, I would say literally all of them, you know, as far as like spending marketing dollars here, how do you even go about targeting everybody in New York or Jersey or Michigan or yeah, wherever they're coming from? You know, like you would just have to spend so much money yeah. to, to try to reach all of those people. And so we focused a lot on like really our process on, and I'm sure you guys will, will agree with this. Every planner we work with, every venue we work with, we're all showing up and kind of doing the same thing, right? But everybody has their own kind of niche of how they run things. Mm -hmm. And you have to know that and you have to identify that and you have to make sure to be super frank, you have to make sure you're not a pain in somebody's ass when you show up and work there. Right. So yeah, I think we, we I think we've been pretty decent at identifying uh, and implementing exactly what they expect of us, um, you know, and, and just kind of going in and still being us still doing what we do, but doing it in the style of them, I guess, and how they want us to do stuff. So we've been able to secure a lot of referrals from venues like that. But then locally, um, it's interesting. We, we grew so, so much faster. It seemed like with destination clients than with local people, but now that we're, you know, four or five years in and we've done a considerable amount of local people's weddings, um, you know, which kind of, which kind of hit off from, uh, people knowing me from doing club stuff back in the day here uh -huh. where, they used to come out all the time and I was the dude. And it was one of those things of like, hey, man, if I ever get married, you're going to be the guy. And eventually those people do get married and they did reach out to me. And then you do a handful of those and crush them. Um, you know, on the DJ side, we offer photo booths as well. We also offer videography. So a lot of people are hiring us for all three of those. So uh -huh. that's a lot of content we're pushing out for all of them. And you kind of get on the radar of a handful of those, um, of those local people. And then the name starts growing locally as well, you know? So uh, over time, we've kind of seen that shift to where it's probably like a 50, 50 thing now as to where it was 70, 30. So 50 being kind of destination people, 50% being with local people, um, you know, and the number of events are just continuing to increase, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You said 
about not being a pain in the ass with vendors. It's I uh, as we've at the beginning, everyone was a W two DJ. Now I'm kind of subbing and uh, lo- loosening the the bar a little bit. You sure, know what I mean? Right. I, whatever you want to say about that. Yep. But um, and all the time, or not all the time, but more often than literally never. Sometimes there's a fluke, not necessarily between the DJ and the couple, but between the DJ yep. and the venue, or the DJ yep. and, and the, the coordinator. coordinator, or the photographer, and I hear about it, and I'm like, bro, I'm glad you got a good review from the couple, obviously, however, you cannot be a fucking <laughs> prick to these motherfuckers, because they book <laughs> us, you know, like, yeah, right. oh my god, yeah. uh, if I, get I think f- that yeah, that's kind of the toughest thing, man, is like if you decide that you're going to like forego the single op into the multi-op row, I, I think uh, honestly, this is going to sound super stupid and cliche, but one of the best like pieces of advice I think I've ever got for that was honestly on like an episode of Shark Tank, man. And it was like Barbara Corcoran. And I don't even like I just like a shark. I don't even like her. Like <laughs> she's not even a girl. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and she was talking about, you know, somebody's company in Spain or whatever. And she said that if you're going to do that. If you're going to send another you out, you have to understand you're never going to be able to send another you out. And so at some point, if you're going to scale, 80% of what you can do has to be good enough. It just uh-huh. has to be. So if I can hire somebody as a DJ, um, in which we're currently looking, plug, if you want to come work with us on the DJ side, how would I you think boy? everyone is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Same. Um, <laughs> but if I can get that person to where they can do 75, 80% of what I can do, it has to be good enough to send them out as far as me being happy with what they can do. Because I, I can't clone myself. I can't clone Mike. I can't clone Austin. We all kind of have our own way of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And as long as they're kind of like 80% locked into what I can do or like the icon way, if you will, right. then it, it has it has to be good enough. And the yeah. unfortunate side about you know like club versus wedding when you're looking for a DJ to send in your place, um, there's so much more to a wedding there's the pre-work yep. there's all the mm-hmm. the sucking the motherfucking couple's dicks up until the date or whatever you want to call that part you know what i mean but like you gotta right. you gotta schmooze them you know and yep. if if your dj slack on that part you've got to do it you know right. and you can't you know on a multi-op you it depends on how busy i guess you are or how many events you're doing but that's too much work for a person you know it's, you it's, gotta, it's a lot man they need it to have their really meetings is. and they got to show up for their meetings and be prompt and say the right bullshit um and you know that's the automation thing uh anytime i see oh you know like oh well, the dj's uh like yes i can send an automated email to the dj and it'll say like it's time to schedule your planning meeting. Reach out to this client. But do they do it or not? No telling. Maybe. You know what I mean? And and if they don't, <laughs> then, you know, two or three weeks later, the client hits me up and is like, what the fuck? You know, like, piss. Yeah, right. And there's yep. no backtracking on that. Um, and yep. so you got to figure out how to, all right, well, how can I wipe this fluke off of the plate for the DJ? You know? Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's very true, man. And I think that, I know we talked about this a little bit before we went live or whatever, but we I, I, I've watched the show. So I'm very well, of you know, how you guys run your individual business. And we're, we're kind of split right in the middle of that, where I, I wholeheartedly believe that it doesn't matter who shows up from Icon Entertainment. 
we're going to crush it. Mm-hmm. If I didn't think that, if I did not trust my guys, they wouldn't work here. Right. Period. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some people that call and they're like, Charles, it has to be you. And the way that, that, that we kind of, um, I would say deal with that is I, I you know, I'm not like, I, I know like say Joe Bunn, for example, he charges more for himself. I don't do that. We're all the same price. And I, I, I avoid trying to charge more for myself because I don't want a client to feel like they're going to get a lesser show right. if, um, you know, or lesser experience if Mike shows up and it's not me. With that being said, as a company, there's still only so many Fridays. There's only so many Saturdays in a year, and we have to try to maximize those as much as what we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So I have a big truck and trailer. Mike has a truck and trailer. We can physically move more gear and get more things around. And just just to be clear, in case anybody doesn't know, we are a production-heavy company. So we're doing uplights. We're doing Asteras. We're doing cloud. We're doing CO2, jets, cannon. Sparks, you know, we, we're that. doing movers, trussing. TVs. We're doing all that stuff. Yeah, t- TV. I mean, you, you name it. Um, we, we, do, we do all that stuff. Um, and so if, if I'm going to lock myself in or mike in to a specific day uh we just tell them that it has to be at a certain package level Uh, right so if if they're looking for all of the things and that's what you want to do and that's the type of money that you're looking to spend and and i'm not personally booked i'll guarantee you myself all day or if if you click more with mike and he's more your dude then that's fine i'll guarantee you you know all day or if if you go with our small package, you know, which is uh, a facade, two tops, and we're just showing up and playing good music, uh, I'm not guaranteeing you anybody. And if we end up not booking another wedding, then it will be me that's showing up, you know, or it will be Mike that's showing up. But I know you guys kind of run that differently. Like, Rick, I know you try to, you know, curate an experience, and Eric, you're the exact opposite of that, you know. So I think it's interesting how – and the most interesting thing for me is just having these conversations with other owners and, uh-huh. and particularly other multi-op owners to just see like we're kind of all doing the same thing, but we all have our individual ways that we do it for what works with us. I like know? having the conversations with people that can accept um, your way is not the only way. You know, I know 100%. that my, I yep. and I I've fought that, that battle for a long that's time. That's kind of the you definition know? of our friendship. You know what I mean? Though? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know we don't do shit. We're literally the same in the same city. All. And that's um, the only reason right. why we get along. Uh, the yep. my my mentor, my original wedding DJ mentor, not Matt Butterworth, but oh, some really? guy. I won't go into it. But um, it wasn't Matt. But he couldn't do that. He really was just like, this is this is it. Everyone else is Stupid. just spinning wheels. It doesn't matter. Yep. And I'm like, behind, I'm like, yep. oh okay, you know. And at the time, cool, got it. But as I came, as I kept showing up, I was like, damn, these some of these other dudes are clearing millions in revenue, you know, I'm like, well, they might be onto something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the dudes, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I I feel the same way about that as I feel about DJ, man. Like, you know, I I think back in the day, like coming from, you know, as being a tried into like turntable dude, carrying crates to clubs and stuff, being that guy way back in the day, like the sync button comes out and I was kind of part of that. Like I was young, but I was still mm-hmm. part of that old head mentality of like, Ooh, I love you need to get that. Yeah, you damn. need to get that. Sh- I'm, I'm getting, give there. me a I'm sync there. button. It was like, yo, you need to get that shit. Like you need to get that shit out of here. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. All that dude. Look now 
I don't care what you use. I don't care what you DJ on. It you don't even DJ with headphones, me. do you? If you no, I don't because I use the sync button every <laughs> single even track. if you don't. And you want to know why? You don't need the sync button. You cares. just don't need headphones because it has the yeah, number. Yeah, it's like yeah, oh, yeah, it saves you the little pitch scroll, whatever. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, yeah. I I think that the thing for me. Uh, that kind of like moved me in that direction was I saw an interview that Craze gave maybe like three or four years ago, man. I don't know. And, you know, he primarily DJ is kind of one off sets or like little mini festivals or something like that. Yeah. And he said, dude, like people just care about the music experience. They don't care if you're up there beat matching stuff. You know, it doesn't make a difference. And then getting back to like the Oz thing, part of what made that music successful was I was producing my, my god i mean i did so many of my own edits just to dj in that room and these edits were a minute and 12 seconds a minute and 45 seconds and it was like some trap flip that would drop and then next and then next and then next and then next i like the, the most tracks i ever dj there was like 270 tracks yeah. in like one night in yeah. a matter of like two and a half hours and it was just it was just moving I synced every single track. Of course. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. It, it, it To me, it's I was able too. to increase my speed so much more, and I was so much more efficient by just pressing a button and then moving and pressing a button and moving. And the only DJs that give a shit about that are the old head guys mm-hmm. that think you're not a true DJ, whatever. And I, I just don't subscribe to that mindset. I don't care anymore. Do, do whatever you have to do, however you have to do it. Make the people have a good time. That's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably shock. I probably shock some people with that, but I just don't care. Yeah. Well, the people that are here probably. Some do. <laughs> right. Some make some, a public maybe make a public sync video about that. Some uh, Facebook. <laughs> I actually shared it because I was laughing too hard to not. But uh, some dude posted something about uh, one of the benefits to DJing with only laptop, no controller. Right off the bat, it doesn't matter what the rest I saw of the that. status says. I saw that because you know people I'm, are I'm about not to on go Facebook, the fuck so in on that dude. Yeah. And, but he was like, oh, guy. but you can lock your screen to go to the bathroom. And I was like, well, that's dumb because all I got to do is unplug it. But whatever. Right. Either way, doesn't really matter. Um, I was like, yeah, you can't. I was like, I like agreed with him. I was like, yeah, and you can't watch porn on a DJ controller. And he fucking circled that. back and took me all seriously. He's like, yeah, well, my clients call me a real DJ or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God. Do you I remember, was do you remember so the, sarcastic. Do you remember there was a DJ that – wait, actually, I don't even know. Was he? I don't know if he's going to – it was a DJ that posted a picture of his couples and he was wearing a tuxedo T-shirt. I can't remember. I think it was in a wedding group. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, people were just going in on him, and like the, I think it was a one of it was like a North Carolina uh, wedding group right. or something like that. And he posted like I with mean, my happy clients, and like other DJs were like ripping him a new asshole. And I'm like, the thing is, dude, that's, I mean, that's, yes, that's, that's a tuxedo shirt is that's a little much. But like when I get a new DJ and they ask me the dress code, I'm my answer is always the same thing. I'm like, dude, dress like you're going to a wedding. And it's not a problem until it's a problem. I don't give a right. fuck. What but you, but it, how how do how do you know that that dude's client wasn't like, yo, you know, it would be sick, right? If you showed up in a tuxedo t-shirt. I, I posted a, a, a video. Uh, we did these, um, and this was kind of how like we we branched out into the videography side of things. We did these uh, these like one minute Instagram sizzles from weddings that we called like iconic recaps. And it's literally like 60 seconds with like 15 seconds of kind of B-roll and then 45 seconds in your face stuff is going down. 
one wedding specifically, it was a great video. You know, it was like sparks, the whole thing. And the dress that they selected was casual because we ask our clients how they want us to the look. Dress, yeah. You know, I, I, I want to make sure that we look how they want us to look. If, if they don't want me to show up and if it's not black tie, then I'm not showing up looking like a clown. Right. You know, I'm not going to do that. This particular video, it was like t- it was like shirt, button up, slacks, no tie. That's what they selected. Mm-hmm. And there was some dude that commented. I was like, man, video is great. But like you think that you would dress up for a wedding like, man, it's not it's not about that. It's like we're we're locked in with them of I want to be who you want me to be that day and if you want me to dress down then we'll dress down and we'll show up and crush it yeah you know yeah it's yeah you don't have to be the best dressed in the room you know no. you can't outdress I mean, the groom I, I mean, i'm full disclosure i'm 100 going for like best dressed superlative of any local vendor i just am i'm going uh-huh. for it i don't know if i've achieved that but that's my goal <laughs> i'm doing it i'm like i've got a, I don't know, a bunch of crazy yeah. like dress shoes we do stuff, we but. do button up shirts and slacks and Nike shoes. I don't give a fuck what shoes you wear as long as they're not lime green right. high tops. <laughs> you know, I've actually right. switched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, dress sneakers now for all mine. I don't wear any leather yep. sne- anymore. They're right. all dress sneakers. Yeah, I wear. You're, you're yeah, also rocking like a sport coat too, though, right? Yeah, I don't. Really, I don't really rock a sport coat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so that 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 vibes. We I I think for me down here, it's so damn hot, man. I just I can't do like the sport. I've got a handful. I just can't do the sport coat thing. We're generally like a nice. Oh, I like kind of floral button up, some type of nice tie and slacks. And my two weddings I've done down at the beach so far are not even close to wearing a jacket anytime. It's it's yeah, a it's hot a as hell. it's a shirt, it's a button up yep. shirt and shorts. Yep. Hot as hell, dude. And it's the same thing for us. Like we do so many um, you know, like beach ceremonies. Like I oh, like yeah. Rick, I you you like you I just have did the it. Most, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's right. a beach. And like you have and I, I watched that story. And you, you were have probably like crying. the most amazing. I did. You have the most amazing ceremony system I've ever seen in my life. And I just watched that. And I'm like, yo, hell with dragging that through the sand. There yeah. is just no that way. worked but out like very. A, there was like a there was like a literally a, one of those entry points to the beach right, right. there where they yeah. have the deck or whatever you could just roll up to. So the rock yep. and roller just rolled right over there. Like it was uh-huh. literally right around the corner. Right. But like, it's, it's also back to the same thing. Like there's more than one way to do, to do all it, this. Yeah. And we are a, we're a Bose S one on a stand laptop tray, working off an iPad. With if Spotify I was doing that, everything yeah. synced there. If and, I was doing that, yeah. Wireless Sennheiser, like EW 100 G four systems. Yeah, that's that's what it. We're doing we're that just, is it. Dude. Like Be- and, and, and like, no, it's not the most intricate. We're not flying antennas and stuff for all this stuff, but for where we are, that, to, in, at least in my opinion, it lets us be incredibly effective with a very small footprint because we are working on the beach so much. I'm not trying to be, bring a jackery pack to power all of this stuff or, you know, all of this stuff. That's not that's not where I'm at. That's not what this market is yep. for us. It's you funny. know, I, I think exactly. those systems are incredible. It's that, just not where we need to be. That that shows you what my system is for our weddings here if yeah. I was doing, if I was on the beach all the time, that would not be the system. No, I was fucking no. crying doing that. No. That dude, ceremony. this is this is a real story. Uh, if you're going to get married on the beach here, the couple has to pull it like inside city limits. You have to pull a permit for that. Literally, with the city, you have to have a permit. Huh. Yeah, that's what they were um, saying. And we were setting up one day, and uh, literally the police showed up, and were like, "Y'all, you can't, you can't be here. You don't have a permit." They literally, so the city line was like 500 yards that way. 
So I picked up my, my speaker and put it on my shoulder and walked 500 yards through the beach in dress shoes and slacks and all of that to get right outside the city limits. So I, I mean, that, that's obviously that's it's anyway in circumstance, but I'm just saying that a lot of stuff here is on beach weddings. That's why people come here to have kind of a beach. Did wedding, they move the whole know? ceremony? All of it. Chairs. Oh my God. The whole, literally all, literally 500 yards on the beach that way. Figure that's it funny out. Shit. Like, oh, all right. Whatever, whatever you say. <laughs> way. Yeah. But that, the small footprint, uh, ceremony rigs will, we'll, I'll email with the vendors pre-wedding and you know, videographers, are always like, oh, for the ceremony, are we gonna what? What kind of plugs on your board? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, uh, we got XLR out of the back of the speaker. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, right. that's that's what I got for you yeah. if you want it. But yeah, I'm, yeah it's, it's, There's no board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you're not plugging into this huge 16 channel mixer today. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. We are a quarter inch out. You're more than welcome to plug into that, sir. I even Do have a cable use, for you. Yeah. Do you use lapels on the beach? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, it's all of our systems. Like we, we were running the, like the, the Sennheiser EW 100 G threes for a while upgraded to the G fours across the board. Um, so, and when we're on the beach, we just, you know, put one of those more like dead cat filter. Okay. You know, on that was, whatever gonna, to, that was to gonna be my question that's it. because I, I used them and the wind was so mm -hmm. violent. I was still getting fucking wind noise through them. You use the, yep. the super fluffy. Yeah. Ones. The super fluffy yeah. one. And yeah. I was still. It's depending on it's the beach, you know. So yeah, depending it's... on what way the wind is coming, like yeah. that, that is our best option of decreasing the wind. And I just tell people when we're going through that sales process of like, keep in mind, we're going to be on the beach. We'll do our best to make sure that this is going to sound amazing. But if a little bit of wind noise gets through, we're on the beach. If you, you know, have one is, of the yeah. lapels that is not omnidirectional right you know it's yep. just a straight line and then yep. the efficient isn't a dumbass and just stands with his back kind of <laughs> yeah. the way it should be then yep. at see, least you're see, good was, enough to not be like that you know was, what i mean see, like, that, that was the problem though the wind was direct crosswind so right. there was nothing the efficient could, could do, do. It, uh, i i used the i used the grooms, like, used the grooms like Literally, handcuffed. The, the groom's mic was, I was just gaining the fuck out of the groom's mic because he had his back right. to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we, we've even, like, uh, recently, it was, might have been last weekend, we had a female officiant. And she was, um, you know, it was like a, we're, we're not even, we are blessed in this area to have a lot of, like, actual professional officiants. Yeah. And they are really good at what they do. Um, you know, and so when, when I see them on the planner and I show up like, okay, this is going to be easy, right? But I'm sure you guys have seen oh, this too. Absolutely. Uh, there's, there's so many more like family friends or, you know, like somebody that's not an actual professional. Like yeah. Like, yeah. So she, she showed up the microphone, and, <laughs> right? So, so even that's another thing on those Sennheisers, we have that mute button disabled yeah, so, or the switch. Yeah. Like you can do whatever you want. You're not going to be able to mute it. Yep. And, um, she showed up in a really, really nice dress. And uh, there was just no, they're like clipping this thing on her was just not happening. I'm not trying to get involved in that at all. And we actually ended up clipping it on her. She had like a notebook type thing. Yeah. And we had, we clipped the pack and the lapel on that. And so the notebook's kind of like this. And it actually shielded like the wind a decent amount. And you could hear everybody. It worked out really well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I, I wanted to say one more thing about like the whole sync conversation while yeah, we're on that. Yeah, please do. I <laughs> also, love this also when I when I pulled the trigger on that was whenever I did the three style thing, and that entire set was produced. And if you go and watch three style sets, nobody's really touching the pitch ever, uh -huh. and nobody's 
Nobody's hating on SK-83 to be like, oh, he's not actually mixing records <laughs> together. You know, that's not happening. All of those sets are 1 million percent pre-produced. Um, you know, you're traveling up and down a BPM, of course. Sometimes you're sliding to get there, uh-huh. but you're sliding to get in that range. You're not actually mixing stuff together. Yeah. And it, 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 I, I think that was for me kind of like the light bulb of like nobody cares about this anymore Mm -hmm. you know unless you're in a room full of djs you know if you're like if you're up giving a showcase at nam or something you're not going to sync stuff together people want to djs want to see you dj but like aunt aunt karen that she doesn't she just wants to hear earth wind and fire you know she doesn't care if you actually mix the stuff together so yeah i would fucking chug down like 15 million red bulls and be djing (laughs) at like a bowling alley so you know it doesn't no one gives a shit you can play the fucking starting line like just shit no one's ever listened to and it doesn't (laughs) matter at all and i'm playing (laughs) on tractor with a four board mixer just jacked out of my mind and (laughs) i'm playing three songs layered on top of each other at once and then bring in this one right. it's like a girl talk set yeah you right, know yeah, what i mean um man i and saw you could him never... live back in the day he oh, was good oh dude i've seen girl good. talk um back in my drug days and i was on them and i literally screamed like a fucking bitch <laughs> like i was so excited i'm telling you that was the mo- may have been one of the most exciting nights of my life watching i wish we had talk. that scream for the soundboard oh my That'd god nice. i was just I remember it's like everyone had their shirt. Everyone had their shirts off, and it was like all these frat boys. And I don't really do the frat boy thing, you know. It wasn't my scene, but oh my god, me and these frat boys were just screaming the words, and we were like bros for a minute and stuff. Right? Um, Oh, it was great. It was the most fun. Um, God, my costs have been ridiculous. Dude with a, There's a gear question, question about the gear question. Um, we use Audio Technica, me and Rick. Yeah, um, we're both the same ones. I like them. The 3000, fourth generation, whatever. Yeah. They're good. Well, they, I got, think it's all got, the same similar shit. The G4 is pretty similar. Doesn't the G4, yeah, you it, can uh, have it battery operated or something? Yeah. Uh, so, dude, they're, they're, and that's the thing I like about them. Like, each pack is, is a, like two AA batteries. That's, that's it. That's pretty and, cool. and you. You allegedly, and I, I would say this is actually pretty accurate. You're supposed to get like ten hours on those things with two batteries, and I would say that's 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 pretty accurate. Right. That's probably um, pretty accurate, and, honestly. And that that was that was the other thing. Just like I just draw. need this. I I need this footprint to be as small as what it can be, but super duper efficient. They're not the cheapest microphones on the planet, right? Oh, yeah. So, well, you don't want that. Um, you know. But. Right. Correct. But um, and I think a lot of people have that hurdle too though right you know where they're like well you know these microphones were like 900 bucks for the set but like you want to buy them once and know that they're going to work and then mm-hmm. buy them again we use them those, don't uh, buy the 300 dollars set jbl do eon compact whatever's yep. Yep. um which are cool because you have like a mixer on your phone and it just like links to yeah. it and it works um right but you can use the usb out to power your microphones so yeah you that's cool need, you know um Right, and I've seen people mod out the Bose one stuff to, to do the same too. thing. Yeah, it's all they all got uh, batteries in them. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Uh, Johnny, to continue that question, um, we have a handful of the uh, Sennheiser, um, like just same thing, like the Sennheiser wireless microphones. And so, off of that same pack, we could either run a lapel or we can run a handheld. Uh-huh. So, say if we have somebody who's given a reading or. Uh, saying just they need a handheld microphone for that we can interchange either a handheld or a lapel based off of those same packs um yeah. and that, that's why i love the thing so much yep 
business-wise, where, where are you seeing your business going? What's what's like the, the end-year goals for the company and or what are you trying to achieve here? Uh, man, I, I think um, I, I think the biggest thing for us is, is just in a very smart manner, just continuing to expand so that way we can just do more of what we do at a higher caliber, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like I said, right now, we've got three guys, like three DJs, including myself. Uh, I've got two video teams. Um, and I'm thinking like, I own all the gear, like all the DJ stuff is mine. All the video stuff is mine. So when they're going out with that stuff, like we go to the warehouse, your stuff is set out here, you grab this stuff and this is where you're taking it. And it's the same thing on the video side. Um, that was the biggest thing for me was, was the aesthetic of the company. So like if, if we were doing a wedding in Wilmington, uh myrtle beach and charleston on the same day and media comes out for those events no matter where icon entertainment is we look like icon entertainment period across the board um so for our like big setups or like our elite package is what it's called so like the tvs cloud monogram you know all that stuff uh we have two of those identical systems so both mike and i with the trailers we have our like custom dj booth we built um you know nice little like workstation for us everything's built into the side of the booth i can't uh, or anybody out there, if you're thinking about building a booth to make stuff easier and you can get it around, stop thinking about it, just do it. Um, uh-huh. I think it, it gets to the point of um, the way you keep a lot of these venues and planners happy is 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 not even so much at the event, but it's just getting the hell out, yep. period. So like they can go home they've been working all day. Yep, they've, they've been there much longer than you, especially with you as a DJ. You want to be out of that place as fast as what you possibly can be so not having to set up a facade and a table and plug all this stuff in or whatever we can just shut laptops un- unplug stuff co- coil cords and roll the booth out has been such a huge thing for us um you know and just with efficiency you get to the point to where you can only make things so fast so you try to first you're like well how can i cut 20 minutes here and then it's like uh-huh. how can i cut a minute and then how can i cut seconds off of this to just make sure that everything is efficient is what it can be um that's really the biggest thing, man. I, I think that one of the things we've been talking about is, Rick, I know we touched on this earlier, was when we were off stream, was um, like how do you find other guys that have a comparable skill set to the way I can DJ or the way that Mike can DJ? And and I'm not saying, you know, I'm the shit or anything. I'm What I'm saying is a, a tried-and-true club DJ that can show up and mix records all night the way that we mix records. And I think locally that is our biggest thing that separates us from kind of the pack is just that on-the-dance-floor experience. Yep. Um, and, you know, those that, that's what I believe, but those aren't that's, they aren't even my words. Those are other planners' words, or the other venue yeah. words, is that that, like, icon entertainment experience – is the largest reason why they push us to our clients or the ones that do anyway. So mm-hmm. when you go to expand, how do you go about branding a DJ that cannot show up and do what Charles can do or what Mike can do? How is it you go about do that? So we're navigating that and figuring out the best way to, to go about doing that is really where like the mindset is now Uh there's not a whole lot of people that live in myrtle beach man like you know that live in this area it's not like we live in you know even charlotte or jersey or where there's just a ton of djs everywhere that just doesn't that just doesn't happen here there's a handful of club djs here that i've spoke to about coming on and doing weddings but 
they're still very like stuck into the club DJ world of like, man, you know, I don't, I don't know. I kind of in the club thing. And if we haven't even done anything yet, and that's already where your head is at, we right. should stop this now. I this got, is not a good, not a good fit. You know, my, my one guy, uh, Ralph, he's trying to put out some feelers. He He's doing kind of both. He's on the Glenwood strip in Raleigh DJ and stuff. And he's trying to do that during the week and he's killing himself personally. If you yeah. ask me, and then he's working for me doing one to two weddings a weekend. And, uh, he, he's seeing both and he's like, man, I'm trying to convince these other guys. Like you can make so much more. It's not as cool, but like you could make so much more going and doing weddings. It's just, it's, it's a lot more work, but it's only one day. It's one day of work and you make yep. what three, four times what you do doing yeah. club nights dude I, I think there's a, there's just a large mindset of it that is just a huge thing but like i spent a lot of years being the cool dude on the flyer man yeah a lot of them but like that stuff doesn't buy groceries you know mm-hmm. it, that just, stuff doesn't it just doesn't support a family well the way like, i look no, at it too it's not. you can do you can pay the bills with the high paying gigs <laughs> that are weddings and events yep. and then you can go DJ for fun for free. You don't have to get paid, sure. and then you can do whatever so, the fuck you want. You know, right? Yeah. And so I'm 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 kind of doing like a, a hybrid of that, where uh, like I'm fortunate enough financially to where I don't need to work any club stuff at all. And I still really enjoy it though, right? So like, yeah. am I completely ready to walk away from that? No, I'm not. But what that means is I'm very selective about where I work and when I work. So if the the places I have worked, like since the whole COVID thing, if you're cool with me showing up and doing what I want to do, you know, obviously I'm aware of what a DJ is there to do. I know that I'm there to sell alcohol and I'm going to, I'm very good at that. And I'm going to do that. And I know how to work a floor. I know how to make people sing. I know how to bring the right crowd in. I know to play to the females. I know like that's a layup. I know how to do all that. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Trust me that I'm going to come up and do what you called me for, pay me what I want to get paid, and then I'll come and play it every so often. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to pay me what I want to get paid and you want me to play music that I don't enjoy playing, then this is just not a good fit. Yeah. It's just not, mm-hmm. you know? But if if I wouldn't have, if those clubs wouldn't have got shut down during COVID, man, I would not be in a position to say that financially. Yeah. I just wouldn't be. And, and it's, it's a difficult position to get in. It takes a lot of years to get to that point. Yeah. Especially looking at like what clubs pay here. Clubs, it's ass here. If you if you if you get two hundred and fifty bucks to go out and DJ in a club, you're doing well. Right. Like you're you're doing quite well. Most of them are like a buck buck twenty five, a buck fifty, something like that. Which was the other reason why the whole traveling around club stuff for me just wasn't it. You know, I I feel like I have a good skill set. I'm a very good like mid tier guy, but like nobody's buying tickets to come see me mm-hmm. you know yeah and it got to the point to where that's where you are really really setting your worth um there was there was a, a big name dj that used to come down every spring break and work with us um somewhat a friend of mine i think it's fair to say uh dj scene is his name big traveling yeah. around dude super successful you know whatever and i asked him one spring break and i was like dude like even you being at your level What's the next level? You know, like, how do you get to being the guy that it like Hakkasan's going to call you and be like, yo, <laughs> yeah. we need you to come work here. What, how do you do, what do you, he literally looked me dead in the face and he said, make the next Harlem shake. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. That like, it, it is producer. that simple. 
Right. It is that simple of an answer, but like, that's not my lane. I, I can, I can make really good club edits, but that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not where I'm spending my time. Mm -hmm. So unless you're going to go full into that and you're really dope, mm -hmm. uh, it just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't it anymore. This is no lie. Uh, Josh, Joshua Carl and I did a tour around the U S and a handful of places. Uh, and it was called the rad tour and it, rad was short for, it was an acronym for like real ass DJs is what uh -huh. we called it. So we were showing up kind of back to back, all video stuff, cutting, scratching, being all, you know, all that stuff. And we were supposed to play, man, what was the name of this place? Damn. I'm not going to remember. It was a, it was a big, big ass club in Manhattan uh -huh. that has since shut down. Uh, they had three levels, man. I'm, maybe the name will come to me and you know the up there was like a rooftop a mid-level which is where you want to play and then there was a basement and the basement was just like underground hip-hop whatever yeah and we were slotted to be like the dudes that night and we were going to be on the you know the second floor main spot you know it's going to go down we got about 20 minutes to going on and the owner dude comes up to us and there was some kid that showed up who's who literally paid the owner 700 bucks to dj and he sold like 80 tickets to his friends to show up and play. He bumped us from the mid slot of being in that room and bumped us down to the underground hip hop room. And we had a great like it was a great time. Uh -huh. But for me, I'm like, yeah, oh, we yeah. are not the same. Yep. This is not this is not the business. This is not where I need to be. And I have other friends who are bigger club DJs in New York that were seeing the same stuff. So it's just not the same. Even DJing in nightclubs now is not the way. It was like, I don't even know why kids come out to nightclubs anymore, man. I really don't. They, they don't, they, they just don't get down the way they used to. And why would they, you know, like they haven't been exposed to that. They just kind of want like the pop and bottles vibe. And I'm not fixing to show up and play Drake and Lil Boozy all night. Like, yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Man, That's, I hate Drake. That's literally I how Drake. clubs are going. Have you ever seen some documentaries on like how clubs have been evolving over the last like two to three years? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I, it's I think, turning I think into like me, a VIP own like clubs right. are reducing their dance floor every yep. year and adding more uh -huh. and more bottle service i i think for me that kind of it was interesting for me to be able to see it where we talked about like malibu's earlier and malibu's spring break well like march was bananas i mean i'm talking about like a monday night you put like 2600 people through this place it was incredible and we would always come out and we would make these like spring break promo videos you know and it was like mike started there i would shoot for him he would shoot for me you know get great content out of it but every year you're capturing this content from the dj side and the guy actually holding the camera and it's just not as good as it was last year and then this year sucks even more and then the next year sucks even more and it just the the level of like and what I'm coming from is I think 2015 was kind of like the pinnacle year for me. I remember one time it was going off. This kid was right in front of the DJ booth, dropped, I don't know, whatever it was. And he, there was this big ass plexiglass thing in front of the DJ booth. This kid grabbed it and he shook it so hard. He snapped it in his hands and he was holding it up and he was like, yeah. And then they were passing it around the club, like this yeah. whole thing. And that year, it just like the next year, it just wasn't going down like that. 2016, it just wasn't like that. In 2017, it was less. 2018, it was less. And the only time that you would have a really, really good time in the club is if a handful of kids, like 10 or 15 kids who were like festival kids, showed up and they wanted to jump up and down and lose their mind to whatever the hell you were playing. It's uh -huh. just not like that anymore. 
and it's just not as fun for me. I'm not a big like huge. Uh, I, I don't really like new hip hop at all or like new rap. It's just not for me. I don't connect with the music as a creative DJ. It's so damn slow. I can't do anything with it. You want me to play, you know, Cardi at your wedding? Cool. I, you know, you're paying me good money. I'll play Cardi all damn night if you want to. But as far as a club DJ goes, I'm not going to go out and play that shit because it's not fun for me. I don't like it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I, Mike, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm Mike Drop. No, it's just I no it. <laughs> not Cardi B. I meant like with what you said. Um, yeah, right. No, no, the low, the low tempo shit sucks. I just and don't know any of it. It does. It, it's just this whole like rinse and repeat thing. And you know what the worst the worst part about it is? Is like I remember growing up, I was growing up on like Biggie and you know Tupac and all that stuff. And my dad is like, "This music is trash. You should be listening to like you know Earth, Wind, and Fire and like Dire Straits. You should be listening to that stuff. That what music's about." I'm like, Dad, you know what you're talking about. His music is shit. But now I've turned into my father. Right. Where, like, the generation yeah. younger than me, I'm like, your music is ass. Yeah. I hate it. But also, I hate every single bit of it. You know, the 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 certain Biggie songs made it. You know, timeless songs, hypnotized. You'll yep. never stop playing that. You know, but, you know, uh, what was that big Cardi B? Uh, Bodak Yellow. I'll never yep. play They're Bodak right. Yellow again. It's just, When's the last it's, time somebody asked you for both? Exactly, Yellow? exactly. And that song was fucking huge for a long time too. Yeah. You know, uh, it was, that that was like the Bad Bunny track before Bad Bunny was Bad Bunny. And I miss, like, oh, you I don't even play bad. You I miss Bad Bunny. I had been out of the DJ DJ and long enough to not know who that is. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the name, but I don't. I couldn't name a song. The, um, the we we kind of talked about a little bit on the prom side, but when I was down there, but. The proms aren't asking for the new hip hop, is what I've been noticing. They're not like we did four, and I looked at all the request lists from them, and they're not asking for the new hip hop, the new, yeah. the new shit that's coming out. They're not asking for it. They're wanting nineties, two thousands hip hop. Sick, perfect. Do we, we? We um, I I think with the schools here, it's directly uh compared to like how many kids they have there, and it was, it was kind of same thing in the nightclub, like. If you take a room that holds 600 and you put 500 in that room, there there's so many people there. They're going to feel comfortable enough to kind of let go and sing and and kind of act like uh, a, you know yeah. like an idiot, I guess. You know, like a fun person in that. But we did we did a a, a high school prom here uh, at House of Blues. Lots of production a uh, handful of weeks ago, and like the pit in House of Blues, you know, like right at the bottom floor, just the pit area. Yeah. It probably holds I don't know maybe 800, 900, something like that you know, shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. a cap. And they were, they were supposed to have 300. I want to say they had like two, maybe 225 or something. And they just didn't really have enough kids to like really, Fill you know, out. let go and yeah. be in the moment. But they were also from a part of, they're not from Myrtle Beach or a little bit outskirts of Myrtle Beach. So more of kind of like a, a country-ish era, I guess. And with, from what at least we're seeing here, that generation of kid that, um, you know, like drives the nice truck on like 23s or, you know, something like that. They're driving around, listening to new hip hop stuff, you know, just on repeat, period. And so we got a lot of requests um, for that. With that being said, we did a um, literally this past Friday, Mike did a um, a middle school dance that we've done for like Myrtle Beach Middle School that we've literally done for the past like six years. They pay us really good money. It's super quick. The kids are amazing. They were like they were screaming like Avril Lavigne at the top of their lungs, you know. Uh-huh. So it's it's interesting in this area, kind of seeing the 
the difference. But as far as the nightclubs go here, it is nothing but that stuff, man. And it's just, it's just not for me. Literally, the only place I play here now uh, is called Envy. It's at this big complex, and the owner was like, you're not playing new hip-hop here, period. So you can go in there and rock, like, staying alive all night. You can play as much Bruno as you want. You can play wh- whatever you want. You're just not playing new hip-hop stuff. And it's kind of like an older generation of people so there's not this pressure of like the cool kids kind of standing around waiting yeah. for you to play right little dirk or whoever yeah, just you know heavier i don't know it's just, and yeah it's just once you play five minutes of it where do you go from there you know well and that, that's you that's don't. the toughest part in the club it's like you have to play around that stuff because once you go there there's no way to get out of it right you know, oh, so... you you just end up living there, and people are like, oh, finally, he's playing good music, and but then, and then you get away and go back to Backstreet Boys. They're like, well, this dude's a clown, right? You know, yeah, dude. Well, wedding wise, dude, I it's it's a, it's a completely different tax bracket for me. Um, you know, obviously, we're charging very good money for weddings, and if new if new hip hop is your vibe, then we will will curate that playlist for you, and I will show up, and we will have a great time, and we will crush it. Mm-hmm. But as far as like, if I'm gonna go out and DJ in a club. I'm not showing up and playing that stuff. It's just not what I love. You know, it's just not. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah, we've hit the hour mark already. I don't know if you noticed the light, the lights in the studio go out at 10 o'clock. I saw that. (laughs) Oh, I forget that we're on video. That's crazy, cause our, we're we're looking at you big on a screen, but we're yeah, we're right. yeah he's looking at top. us too. Nice, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. He's beautiful. not looking at the tiny version on the yeah. on the YouTube. My beard's coming in. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, um, Charles, great having you on here. Uh, yeah, I man. Thanks you, for having me, brother. You're in the chats it. like every time we're on here, so it's cool. Actually, see yeah, of course, man. You guys are the homies, man. It. You gotta you you gotta support. You know, I, I think the next time we're probably all gonna see each other. Uh, is that the well? It's no longer called the DJ Expo. It's, it's now not? The DJ X. Oh. Um, I didn't even know until recently that they, uh, I want to say oh. their CEO or somebody, whoever owned the company passed away. Oh, and then really? it got like, yeah, it got like tossed. I might be butchering this just a little bit, but whoever was in charge is no longer in charge. I think the company got like tossed to his wife or something. And then his wife wanted out or something to that effect. But there's new guys that are in charge that are running all of that now. So that's why you've seen kind of the rebrand on their end to where it's no longer called the DJ Expo. It's the, it's DJ X and it's like that magazine is called like the DJ life magazine. Now Um, having like a lot of backend talks with those guys, the direction they're taking that is amazing. So if, if you guys or, you know, anybody that's listening or does hear this is thinking about going to, to the DJ X in August, you should period. Um, I just got linked up with them to give a uh, a seminar on on video production, um, basically like why why we press record, what we do with it after the gear we use, as much stuff as what we can cover in an hour, yep. and it, it, we've kind of like assembled the Avengers on this. The the names that are currently on the panel is like I'm I'm leading the panel, or it's like the moderator or whatever. Uh, Rick's gonna be there. Uh-huh. Uh, Cleveland Terry, Nick Spinelli. Jason Janai, Joe Bunn, uh, Barr is going to be there. It's Damn. like anybody that yeah. is in like the content space right now is going to be on that panel. And the thing that I love about it, which we talked about earlier, is we all kind of do our own things our own separate way. We're all accomplishing kind of the same goal, but we all get there a different way. Um, so if you have any questions about 
uh, doing anything with, with video, capturing content at a private event, at a wedding, at a club, whatever it is, you guys should be in this seminar. If you are at DJX, uh, it's, it's free to come to the seminar. And then I'm doing a giveaway at the end where you get like an hour free zoom call with me to talk about whatever content shit you want to talk about. So if you're thinking about going, you should be there. That, cool. That's crazy though, that that ownership got changed. And so did mobile yep. beach just like two years ago as well. Yep. Well, it's good yep. to hear they're going in a good direction. Cause, uh, everyone, everyone yeah. knows mobile beats gone down the drain. <laughs> that sucks. I used to enjoy it so much. I just like being around the 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 people from the internet, you know. Yeah, and they're that's always- a, that's that is literally the only reason to go, dude. I mean, I, I guess there's you could kind of make the argument of like a DJX. You could show up there, like if you live in Jersey, you could drive there, yeah, and then show up with a car and buy gear off the showroom floor. And if that's what you're looking for, that's cool. But the education part of it is dope. There's something to learn there all the time. Yeah, you have to not be afraid to talk to people. Yeah, uh, just the marketing opportunities that come and just networking opportunities. If, if you and, yeah. if you don't know who Joe Bunn is, if you don't know who Mike Walter are, if you don't know who the if you don't know who Jana, if you don't know who I am, come up and say hi and just talk and whatever. Don't stand there and just look like, well, I know that guy. Yeah. Come introduce yourself and start moving up your own company and and become friends with these guys. If they're mentors or or whatever, that's why you should be going, period. Yeah. And, and I don't think people realize it, but I learn almost as much as what they're learning from what I'm talking to them about. Like there's so many people that come up at the shows and they like ask a question, I give them an answer and then it spirals into conversation. I learned like five or six nuggets of info that I didn't even know. And this person who claims to be lesser than me is like, I'm like mind blown. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Dude. And that's the, that's the best thing about being there. And the best thing about the industry is we keep talking about it. Like there's, there's so many ways to do this and i don't care how experienced somebody is or isn't you're going to either learn something that you could do or learn something you definitely do not want to do mm-hmm. um you know but yep. e- even the the bigger the 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 janis the the buns all those guys we are doing stuff differently than the way they are doing it mm-hmm. and it it does nothing but help kind of converse with each other and they you know we we love talking to you just as much you love talking to us because we're learning stuff you're learning stuff and it just kind of keeps this thing going you know it keeps building so Mm -hmm. cool um yeah when is that it's august uh what's the date it's august uh it's like the second sometime it i I believe so i don't know the date right off the top of my head anyways uh you got a website plug it yeah plug plug all your shit yeah, uh, where, if you want to connect with us, uh, iconentertainment.com is kind of the thing. Icon is spelled E-Y-E-C-O-N. Well, I guess you can see I that title. I pmdial.com. Yeah, yeah, dude, that, listen, that was, that is that shit. I don't even know what that is, man. I really don't. I was, we were at a wedding one day. You know, you know who said it? We were talking about Dave earlier. Yeah. yeah. Dave said that back in the day. I was like, Dave, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. And then we started doing the Instagram story stuff. And I pulled that out one day. And several people like hit the DM and were kind of talking about it or whatever. And then I went and bought pmdial.com. And so like iconentertainment.com is this kind of, you know, it's kind of this like long name Uh or whatever. It's really not. But in today's, you know, people have no attention span. And so literally every event that we're at, like PM, we're on the PM, you know, PM dial, whatever. Like literally it's 6 PM right now, whatever. And then like planners started saying, have you seen this? No. And venue owners started so, saying it. Yeah, on his stories, he's like checking in at six p.m. on your p.m. dial. 
Yep. And then yeah. so at, the I, I went, it got to the point where all of these all all these other vendors were coming up to That's us smart. saying that. And then we would be doing a story. And we I literally have video clips of brides being like, yo, we were all over the PM dial. Don't baby. you love like how it, it makes turns into a no thing. sense. Yeah. yeah. It uh, makes no sense whatsoever. But it let it gives me this cheeky thing that doesn't really make any sense, but it makes so much sense when you go to it. And every time we're at a wedding, I'll I'll spit out some blurb of like if you're looking for a DJ, videographer, photo booth, whatever, check us out, pmdial.com, put it on there. And they're like, what the hell is a PM dial? And then you go and <laughs> click on it and it just forwards to our website. That's literally yeah, all it does. Right. But but it's the easiest thing to it to just say. it turned into this thing that it was never supposed to be. Uh-huh. Um, it was never supposed to be anything. It was just a joke. Yeah, I thought it was, it was so uh, clever when I heard cool. when, when I heard you start saying it over and over again. I kept laughing. I was like, yeah. this thing's fucking so clever. PMDial.com. It, <laughs> it's 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 worked out really really well. And, and like and even like going and looking at the logistics of it, the amount of people on a weekly basis that go to PMDial.com is crazy. And it's it's just from the Instagram story stuff. And I and any DJs out there, if you're not doing the Instagram story thing when you're at a wedding at a private event, do it period Hell i yeah. just start you got to start somewhere that's the biggest thing with video content like I, I i've been speaking to a camera for 12 years and it doesn't happen overnight it's it's something that you build on if you go mm-hmm. back on my like my my icon youtube and you look at some of the videos i was doing for crane hardware in 2010 goodness gracious it is trash can it is so bad so it's terrible and one of the things I fight now currently with a company is like Mike that works for me. He sees me do the Instagram story stuff and he's like, dude, like I just, there's, there's no way that I could ever, I just no shot. Like I could, there's no way that he I would ever be recently, able to, to do that the way. Well, and this is what I told him to do. I said, Mike, look like you, you're never going to get good unless you start doing it. So when you're at these weddings, pull up your phone and speak to it and just save it. Don't even post it. And then go home and watch these videos that you've uh-huh. saved throughout the night and critique yourself and figure out how to get better at doing uh-huh. what it is you want to do. And over, you know, the six, eight months he's been doing that, he has gotten much better at doing that. And that's what I would recommend for anybody. Get capturing any type of content. If you want to do gig logs, if you want to vlog, if you want to just make shit, whatever, just pick up a camera and start making stuff. Just do it. It's like, stop. I don't care if it's an iPhone, Android, whatever it is, just pick it up and start doing it. And and if you're not doing the Instagram story thing, you need to do that. I cannot explain the client, just the retention that we've had for people like we've done. We did their weddings three years Uh ago. Uh And these people are literally commenting on our stories every single time we go out because they just like watching the story for whatever the reason is. And these people have friends that are getting married period they're living vicariously for you that's right and then they're out at dinner with their friends at some point so like we just got married you know we're thinking about a dj or whatever and they're like yo i've got your dude you need to watch this right now Uh and it's even helped us a lot we're like um i'll get a lead that'll come in like friday night or something i'll wake up you know and i'm sending some emails or whatever before we go to the wedding on saturday and if we're there's a lot of times where it's it's a lead that's came in from this venue that i'm going to be at that night and I'll say, look, if you're on Instagram, we are literally going to be at this place tonight. You need to follow us on Instagram and watch the story and see what we do real time in three hours. And we've gotten sales off of that before. Yeah, cool. That's really cool. 
It's, fu- it's funny. I learned, I learned, yeah, I know. I was about to say, I learned <laughs> that, that exact blur you just did. I just had that conversation with one of my DJs because he thinks that he needs to hire a videographer to come film him at his events. I'm like, no, just no, fucking no, film don't yourself. Do don't do well, that. Well, if, he, if you, he makes really good reels. I'm like, bro, take your story, download it, make it into a reel. You're done. Yes. That, that was that was one thing, I guess, super quick. That was one thing I was going to comment. Like, I know you guys spend a ton of money on marketing with like the not wedding wire or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't do that. The way I see me spending my marketing dollars is by bringing extra guys to events to run our video cameras like my my video guys. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in a position to where we have really good video equipment to do that. But that's where I see myself spending my marketing dollars is on promoting us like that on social because so many people find us on Instagram uh, and the sales that we get off of that is just, is, yeah. is just amazing. And it's, it's all of it is so content based Driven, and it's just yeah. a thing of, we haven't been as active this month because it, it, this month, I mean, May around here is, is just crazy. We're, we're doing eight, 10 weddings a week, which I, I know for Eric is he's laughing at that or whatever, <laughs> but like for us, for what the, with what we're, we're eight at, for a team of three. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And so um, that, you know, that's just where we're spending our our marketing dollars is bringing a third guy on to run a camera, to take photos, to do whatever, and then posting that stuff out like that. Because whenever people look at the local competition, because let's be real, that's what it is. I want them to see our shit and be like, these dudes are the dudes, period. Yeah. Maybe we're achieving that. Maybe we're not. But that's that's what the goal is, you know. Content is king. Anyways, Charles, Icon Entertainment, DJ Icon, all the above. Great having you on here, homie, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, But anyways, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on all of our socials across the board, and um, we'll see you guys next week with another guest that I can't remember. It's um, Chad Blackburn. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Chad Blackburn. I need to get his pictures. He's on next week. Anyways, we'll be talking karaoke, right? He's a beautiful man. He's got pictures. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true everyone everyone that knows chad knows i'm not even bullshit where is the it, stream it's, going it's, it's very, i don't know but we're gonna end it right here thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys for watching peace later out. all right